Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of To The Point Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well. Um, today, I'm joined by one of my great friends. Uh, he's newly back to the Maritimes after a little uh, trip around the sun in Quebec. Um, and he's back. He's on for the first time today to talk about some hockey, uh, mostly Canadian division, but we're going to get into a bunch of different stuff today. And uh, my good friend to join me today is Aaron Brown. Uh, Aaron, Good to see you, buddy, and thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, Doug. I'm, I'm excited to be here. And, yeah, I had a little stint uh, up in Quebec, Gatineau area, but I'm, I'm happy to be back in the Maritimes and back in my home. So a uh, lot to look forward to. I'm getting out of the quarantine tomorrow and going to let loose a little bit, and uh, summer's coming, so I'm excited. But, yeah, no, thanks for having me, Doug. I've been supporting you since, since you started this thing, and, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, uh, I appreciate that. And what's, what's been the hardest element of quarantine for you? Uh, I'd say just not being able to leave your house. Like, well, like I was out of my parents, that's where I'm isolating. Um, we have like, uh, the two, two, three acre property. So there's a little bit of room to move around. I've done some snowshoeing and stuff like that, but it's, it's mostly just like not being able to go get your own groceries, not being able to do, um, anything like outside of, outside of your, your quarantine zone. And, funny thing is this this quarantine i quarantined once during christmas but this quarantine we had people come and check up on us like people from public safety so it's almost a little intimidating you know that they are watching and then if you do get caught outside your your bubble then you're you're dinged with a thousand dollar fine so yeah those have been some of the hardest things and and just just locked in the house this sucks yeah no i i hear you Tally's going through it right now so I'm glad uh, it's not me, but uh, you guys are you're getting through it and uh, more power to you. Um, yeah. So we're at the boat, you know, there's about 30 games left for every team left uh, in the NHL other than Dallas and teams that have really struggled with, with COVID problems. But looking at the Canadian division, what, what team do you watch? What team grabs your attention uh, this year? Um, well, I was really excited to watch the Sens this year, and just because I was kind of in the Ottawa area, I've been uh, I've been watching a little bit of them for the most part. Um, but honestly, the team that's getting my most attention is, is Toronto, just because of the performance they've been they've been doing really well. Matthews has been hot, and I've been I've been enjoying watching their games. You know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be different next year with no more North Division. You know, no more watching Austin Matthews play McDavid nine times in a single season, and you know, no more guaranteed spot for for a Canadian team in the conference conference final, but um, yeah, I know just the league in general as a whole, the North division has been really exciting. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, what, what, what's your take on, on the Canadian division? Are you a fan of it? Do you, do you think it would work moving forward or are you got, it's just a one-year experiment? Well, I'd say I am a fan of it. You know, it, it's really exciting. You know, like seeing those matchups, you're not waiting for a Saturday, you know, a couple couple Saturday nights a year when you see Montreal and Toronto play. Um, now you're seeing them play eight nine eight nine times a season, which is exciting. But um, I will admit, watching Toronto and watching you know some of my favorite teams like the Sens play the same teams over and over is getting a bit old. I guess you could say the rivalries that people expected, you know, haven't really materialized the way that that we thought. Um, and you know, hopefully these matchups get a little bit more fiery when we come closer to the playoffs. But yeah, that's kind of my take. Yeah, I'm similar. I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm kind of a contrarian by nature. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was not a fan f- from jump. Uh, but, you know, Toronto, Winnipeg, the past couple of nights have been fun. I think those yeah. games have been good. But, you know, what, what really got me down on it, I, I was trying to like it, but 
the Toronto Edmonton games a couple weeks ago, there's three in like a five day span mm-hmm. and both teams, I don't think threw a check in the three combined games. And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, hitting to the head or, you know, dirty hits. It's just bring some fire to the game when you don't have it with no fans and it, it can be, it can be draining. And I think you see a lot of that from Toronto and Edmonton with them being similarly built in, in the same division. It gets a little tiring for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you, you're seeing the skill, but it, it's always nice to, you know, get back to the old time hockey a little bit and like that's a major part of the sport. You got to be hitting, you got to be checking it. And I can, I can agree with that. It's uh, definitely not as exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Toronto's got your attention. Obviously, Matthews leading the NHL in goals with 21. You know, Marner's playing some pretty good hockey. They lead the division by, by six points. Uh, they played Winnipeg the past couple nights, like a, a couple of close games going to overtime last night. Um, what, what is Toronto a team that you think could win a couple of rounds with the roster they have now, or do they need to improve uh, by the deadline to really make a push? Yeah, these 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 past few games with the against the against against the Jets have been pretty exciting. You know, a couple of OT thrillers there, and the Matthews goal was sick. Um, mm. But uh, I don't know. See, see, like the Maple Leafs have been good for a couple of years now. Like we know they got the power. You know, they have some they have some acquisitions in the in the offseason with Simmons and um, and um, Jumbo. Jumbo and uh, you know Spencer, he's been he's been really providing and and they're they're looking good. I just don't know if they got the depth and if they do have the heart to to push and win a playoff round for for once. Like I don't know how long has it been since they won the last playoff round. What is it? Oh four. Oh four. Okay, so we're we're pushing eighteen years or so, or whatever <laughs> the math is, sixteen years, seventeen years. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch this whole Canadian division is, is, is something new and, and to see them maybe kind of take over the Canadian division and move into playoffs. And when they start matching up with some American teams, it's going to be interesting to watch. And I don't know. What do you think, Jug? Do you think they, uh, as a former Leafs fan, do you think they got what it takes? Or? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I like your point about um, I don't think you can trust a team until you see it. And I think in life, you know, if a guy has a reputation of being a liar, why would you trust him until you see him, you know, give his word and live up to it? I, when I look at Toronto, do I think on paper they're probably the best team in the Canadian division? Yeah, I think I think Winnipeg's right there with them. Uh, I've I've been a Winnipeg kind of uh, supporter since the beginning. I thought they would give Toronto a run for their money, but on paper they should um, they should win this division. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, a couple of things for me, uh, Brownie, you know, Freddie Anderson, I've seen him play really good hockey, but I've seen him get outplayed in net by the opposing goaltender three different times as a Maple Leaf. So I got a question mark there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Marner and Matthews both have good playoff series, but they normally don't have great series at the same time, which concerns me. Um, so that's another little problem I have with them. Matthews, I thought was great last year at Marner was MIA. Um, and then I still look at, you know, if I know you listen to the podcast. I look at the bottom of their deep air, Travis Dermott, mm-hmm. AKA our friend, uh, Dawson Warman's uh, doppelganger. Um, <laughs> it, it, it worries me. He's only one defenseman, but he's a, he's a guy that makes a lot of mistakes for the ice time that he plays. 
Yeah, that's a good point. And and you know, as as the season's coming closer to play to the playoffs and closer to the end, it's it's going to be interesting, you know, because because you know, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Edmonton are all battling for that top spot, and then it is going to get fiery, I think, and it's going to be competitive. And then you can't forget about um uh, about Vancouver. You know, they're going to be chipping away, maybe, and it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I guess I guess moving on from that, do you, what, how do you see the the top four coming into playoffs? Like, do you think it's going to be solidified? As you know, everyone wants to see, you know, the Leafs, Jets, Oilers, Habs, or is it going to be going to be some underdogs coming up? Or what do you think? Yeah, um, I would say right now that would be how I would probably shape. I think Montreal can make a push for third because I think mm-hmm. they're better than Edmonton. Um, give them some time. Calgary, you know, they got Daryl Sutter behind the bench now. I saw them play. I watched a lot of that game last night. And – um, I liked how they played in front of it's only one game. So you got to take it with a grain of salt, but I think they're going to play differently. They're a team that I, I had them just missing the playoffs. And I have the four that you mentioned making it before the start of the season, but if yep. Daryl Sutter can find something different, maybe they can make a push, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. What, what team out of the four worries you that could maybe miss the playoffs out of Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg. Uh, I'm going to have to put, I'm going to have to put uh, Montreal up there just because they are a bit inconsistent and, and, you know, they do have two, Allen's been great. They do have two solid goaltenders and Carey Price, you know, you can't knock him for, for his career. And he's still, he's still a, he's still a good goaltender. I don't know if he's an elite goaltender, but he's still, he's still a solid, solid uh, goaler. But um, yeah, I'd say Montreal just because of their, their inconsistency and maybe some troubles, uh, with some goaltending when moving it forward. But um, yeah, I'd say Montreal, man, I wouldn't be surprised if they get knocked out of, out of a, out of a playoff spot just because they, they don't have what it takes when it, when it comes down to it. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting in the, in the last spot right now. Their Calgary is trailing them and, you know, they play Calgary again tomorrow. So that, mm-hmm. that'll be a big game for them to, to stay ahead in the standings. And the big thing to watch will be can teams win in regulation. You know, I look at Toronto mm-hmm. Winnipeg last night, Toronto should have won the game regulation. They threw away a point and, you know, they still win the game, but Winnipeg gets a point. Maybe it means nothing in three weeks. Maybe it does. You know, they play seven more times in the next like 20 games or something crazy like that. Toronto Winnipeg. So winning in regulation, they're really all four point games because you're playing your division every night. So doing that and beating, beating Ottawa is pivotal for these teams. You know, Ottawa plays, plays hard they they've improved uh, bar none but they're still the worst team so you, you got to beat them when, when you got them on the schedule yeah yeah that, that's a good point and then you know these these points are going to be critical and yeah especially especially against teams like Ottawa teams can't as much as I like to see them win you know they can't give up um, can't give up any points against them and even you know Edmonton going to even like the OT goal OT games with Ottawa you know it can't happen that just it's just it's just points that you don't need to give up. Um, uh, not that Ottawa's going to come up or anything, but you know, like it's just they're not great. They suck. They're not going to be good this season, and uh, that's pretty much it. But yeah, I would agree with that. What are you? Maybe maybe I could ask you: Are you concerned with the lack of depth when it comes to Calgary, or or um, yeah. do you think they maybe do have a team? Yeah, I I look. My big faults for Calgary are. The bottom of their lineup, more the top of their lineup, I look at Goudreau and Monaghan, and mm-hmm. too often they don't show up. 
Um, and they're the best players. They've been their, their horses for, for years now. And I kind of correlate them to uh, Philadelphia with Giroux and Voracek, where they've been the guys there for a decade. And, you know, they've gotten close and they've gotten far in the playoffs, but, you know, getting to a third round is not winning a cup. And when you got these, you go all in, that, that's what you hope for. And I, I like, you know, a lot of Calgary's pieces. I think Dylan Dubé is a really young player. I like, I like him a lot. I think, you know, a guy who gets kind of beat up a lot for his contract, um, Milan Lucic, I think, has had a really strong season. Um, Majin Apani is a really good player. But I look at the top of their lineup being too inconsistent for me. And then um, I look at their defense core just not being good enough. Uh, you know, Chris Tanev, I, I love, but you got like Giordano, he's older now. Uh, they got Rasmus Anderson trying to play number one minutes. He's not uh, there yet physically, mentally, you know, the whole shooting match. And then some some other defensemen that are just kind of fillers. So they're they're flawed, but like you said, Montreal and Edmonton, I think are flawed too. So I, I wouldn't count them out, but I, I worry those two aspects of their team I really don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess the other team we mentioned we talked about, and you know I'm a fan of the Sens. Like, what are your thoughts on on them this season, and and do they have a future within the next five years? I guess, or even three years. Like, how do you how do you see them unfolding? Do you are you optimistic or or? Um, I'm certainly optimistic. Um, I yeah, I think they got a couple building blocks in place. Um, they got Shabbat, so they got a pretty i think he's getting close to being a number one defenseman they're hard to come by and they got him locked up long term so check mark um brady kachuk is i don't think he's a number one center but i love him um he's you're not going to find many many brady kachuks anymore because the league just suspends them all um or tries to get rid of them so um but he's a he's a great player i think he's gonna be their next captain um and you know I, i i love him so that's a check, mm-hmm. but you know, Drake Batherson, a former Cape Breton, uh, screaming Eagle, he's a damn good hockey player. Uh, and they've let him groom in the AHL. They've given him time to, to pr- prepare. And now he's ready to be an NHL, a full-time NHLer. So he's, he's a guy that I think has a ton of potential and a really good player. Josh Norris looks like a pretty good player. Um, their decor could use some work, you know, Mike Riley, Nikita Zaitsev, Artem Zub. That's a weakness. And then Matt Murray, I worry about. They, they gave him that big deal. Um, and uh, he um, he hasn't been great this year. I'm just going to be nice. I could say worse things, but I won't. Um, so uh, I think they got some building blocks, but they also have some holes. Uh, what about you? you they're, that's your the team you've really you've been um, – you've been watching the most. So what, what do you make of their game as a whole? I mean, when they, when they first won that first game against the Leafs, I was like, okay, here we go. You know, I'm on the bandwagon. Like the sense got it. Maybe, maybe there's something to be watching here for the season. And then as the season unfolded, uh, they've been hot and cold, you know, you know, you don't really know what to expect from them. Sometimes they're coming out strong and they're battling, they're playing with teams. Um, for example, the game with Edmonton, um, just this past week, you know, they were, they were playing, or no, it was like, who did they play on Sunday night? Was it that? Uh, Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. They came out and they were playing good. And then things just kind of unfold. And then, um, 
I don't know what to think of them. You know, they, 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 like I said, they're hot and cold and some games they stay in it, and other times they look like a PV rec team, you know, and, and it's, it's sad, but I, 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 I was looking at their lineups and uh, I've been looking at it over the, over the season. And I, I'm, I think I'd pay, you know, the, the Paul Norris and Dadenoff line has one of their top lines and their best performing lines to say the least. Um, you know, uh, some, some optimistic, optimistic, optimistic points are um, top five, um, their top five point leaders are all under the age of 25. So that's, that's mm-hmm. exciting. And I think they do have some good draft picks in the, in the barrel ready to go in, in these next few seasons. Um, you mentioned Murray. Yeah, I would agree. He's not been great, but um, Decord, you know, he's the best goalie they've had all season. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, he's something, you know, maybe to look forward to in the future that he'll be, he'll be promising. Um, and, you know, Eric Branson has been developing great and he looks like he'll be good in the future too. So those are some good things that I've noticed and hopefully, you know, we're going to see some, see something out of them in, in the future. Yeah. I, I like Branstrom a lot too. Um, I, I don't know if he'll be maybe like a two, three, um, you know, but you got Shabbat, like I said, so he could play yeah. on the second line D pair, be a, a power play guy. I think he's a really creative kid. Um, and, you know, he kind of fits the mold of a, you don't got to be a huge defenseman anymore. I think he can move around really well. He's a good skater. I think he's a smart hockey player. So he, he's definitely a guy that, that I like. Um, and, you know, I forgot to mention him, but Tim Stutzla is a incredibly so fun to watch this kid. Um, you know, Kaprizov, I think gets a lot of love in Minnesota and he's a hell of a player to watch too as, as a rookie, but you know, Kaprizov's 23. Stutzla is barely 19, just turned 19 years old. And the kid can flat out fly his shots already there. Um, you know, he's going to make his rookie mistakes. He has this year and he's been put on the bench at times, but his creativity already and, you know, being fearless in an NHL full of grown men. I, I love him. I mean, seeing him play for Germany at the world juniors, the way he dominated that tournament, then to come to Ottawa quarantine and just take off, um, uh, he's been he's been a lot of fun uh, to watch this year. Yeah, he's been playing great, and you know, uh, as you mentioned, as he as he only gets more experience in the NHL, and and he needs to get a little bit bigger too. Of course, like you, yeah. you said, he's only 19, and he's not that he's not that strong yet. But he, you see him get pushed around. But you know what he the plays he makes with the puck and his shot, you know, is really nice. And, and you can tell he's a he's going to be a, a good asset, hopefully for the hopefully for the Sens moving forward. Uh, one guy we didn't touch on him was Gabranson. just want to know what you think about him mm-hmm. and then if you if you um, think he's got a future with the, the Sens at all I like him for this year because they're not going to be any good right and I, they put an A on his jersey which I think was a smart thing to do um he's I, the other night you know the game Wednesday night against Edmonton when Jujar Kara kind of threw that knee on knee I thought it was a dirty play myself and then who answers the bell good Branson takes him puts Good for Carey. Took about ten punches right to the head. Good Branson beat the hell out of him. He's one of the tougher guys in the NHL. But I don't know if they'll resign him past this year. Maybe, maybe they bring him back next year because they probably won't be, you know, good again. You know, likely it's a two to three year stretch before this team is competitive. You know, looking at the playoffs realistically. But I, I like that they have him this year. I think he serves. You know, I'd rather have him than you know a Ron Hainsey who they've had in the past. But I think he serves the purpose well. He leads by example. Shabbat can learn from him. Um, and, you know, he, he's earned – if if they bring him back, I think he's earned a second contract. You know, another another one-year deal with the Senators wouldn't be their worst signing, that's for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, he isn't he isn't playing horrible, but there is some games where he's out there and he's not he's not a great skater. He's not super mobile, and mm-hmm. he kind of comes off as a liability a little bit. I see, but that's kind of my take on him. But yeah, I'd agree. I don't know if just because he's a veteran and on a young team, he he probably is providing some leadership. But other than that, probably not something they not someone they need long term. No, no, he's definitely a shorter term guy. When when you know this could be his last year, I, and if the Sens don't bring him back, I don't know if he'd get a job elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Senators have been playing the Oilers this week. Uh, Monday night it was kind of a closer game. They lose coming off a of back to back. Wednesday, however, seven um, one loss four nothing after the first period. Ugly game. You see Dreisaitl go off for five points. McDavid has three. It looked like a beer league game for a while there. Um, what is that just the Sens being the Sens, Oilers being a lot better than them? What would you take? What was your take on, on that on that matchup? Um, yeah, I mean, I stopped watching after five. I just said this is this is getting out of hand because, you know, like I said, the game was looking like the, the, the Sens were playing a PV game. Like uh, they just didn't have it in them. And I don't know about you, but I've been playing. I've been playing on, or I've played on some pretty shitty hockey teams in my uh, in my career. And mm-hmm. when you're just getting hemmed, when you're getting hemmed in the zone, and the, the other team just keeps coming at you, like you know, and you can't really do anything when you're just dumping and chasing the puck. That's kind of what the Sens were doing. Um, not getting much offensive done, offensive plays in, and, and it just was sad almost to see. And to be honest, some of those goals that Murray Murray let in were were not great. I mean, he didn't have a lot of help, but. Yeah, that's kind of my take on it, and, and it was shitty to watch. I think it is the Sens being the Sens, and you know, when they came out on uh, the first game against the uh, against the Oilers this week, they looked good. You know, they were playing, they were playing, they were playing all right, and uh, you know, to see them lose like that the next game is discouraging. Yeah, I mean, that first goal of the game, I they did this thing on Sportsnet. I watched the next one. It was like twenty-one passes in the in the zone before like Ottawa could not clear the puck they had multiple chances to do it didn't do it ends up in the back of that after Matt Murray lets in a pretty weak goal um from Darnell Nurse but yeah I mean that's gonna happen to Ottawa I think Brady Kachuk said this can't keep happening obviously he's frustrated he wants the team to be better and you know they, they can be better than that we've seen them play teams tough I mean they've given Montreal fits all year uh you know they've, they've been really tough on them Winnipeg hasn't had an easy time against Ottawa or Toronto for that matter. Um, you know, blowing a five, one lead to Ottawa and every game's yeah. been pretty competitive. Um, but you, you look at the Oilers, they, they lose three to, to Toronto. Then they come back, they get the senators, which has always been a big break for teams. It seems like uh, when they get three in a row against Ottawa, it goes pretty well for the, for the teams out West. Um, yeah. But what, what do you, other than, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl are playing together. I don't love that uh, when it comes to their complete team, but they're tied with Winnipeg for a second in the Canadian division right now. What do you make of them as a potential, you know, threat or in the Canadian division at, to Toronto and, you know, Winnipeg and where do they stack up? Yeah, I think uh, fighting for that second spot is going to be super important, you know, coming down to the line here. And, and I don't know. Looking at the two teams, I think personally, I think Winnipeg might have the edge over 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 Edmonton. You know, it seems like putting McDavid and Drysdale on the same line is kind of a necessity for them to maybe do good or, or win games. Um, they don't seem to be doing performing that well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they don't seem to be performing over well um, when they're separated. 
So um, I think Winnipeg is going to have the edge, and I think it's going to be a battle for that second spot. And, and maybe if Toronto slips, they might even lose the first spot. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. What, what would you say your take is on that? Do you think that there's some competition there, or? Yeah, I think yeah, Winnipeg, Edmonton can make it interesting on Toronto. Obviously, with Winnipeg playing Toronto a lot, if they can get some wins, they'll they'll move up. And if Edmonton gets some wins while Winnipeg's beating Toronto, they can move up at the same time. Uh, yeah, I the Oilers, I I I understand why they have Drysdale and McDavid playing together. I would not do it personally. I think you have to put the two separately. Play, you know, Yamamoto. With um with uh, Drysidle, Puliyarvi, Nugent Hopkins, with McDavid, and clearly if they're playing together, I think it tells Ken Holland he has to make a move at the trade deadline and give these guys some wingers because if you have to play them together all the time to be successful, you're gonna lose in the playoffs because they lost to Chicago last year, a team that shouldn't have even made it if there wasn't a return to play, and yep. they really don't have that big of a difference when it comes to their roster. So, um, you know, goaltending is always going to be an issue for Edmonton too. I think Mike Smith's been really good since coming back. I don't trust him for a second. He's 39 years old. Uh, he's hasn't been a great goaltender for a long time here. Koskinen's always just been okay to me. Um, so they have some holes and they're a team that's pressed up against the cap too. So it's going to be really difficult for them to improve uh, as, as they get towards the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and another point there too that I, did, I forgot to make was, and you mentioned goaltending with, with Hellebuck for for the Jets. He's been almost putting on a, on a on a clinic for them against the Leafs this weekend. Uh, it's been it's been really exciting to watch, and that's that's really promising I think for them, and maybe even a Vesna. I'm not sure, but he's been he's been good. Oh yeah, he's I think he's you know Price has had a tough season. I look at Hellebuck, Vasilevsky. I think they're the two best goalies in the NHL right uh, currently. Um, you know, Hellebuck really stole a game from Toronto uh, Tuesday. He, uh, he he brings it. I mean, I, he's a weird dude. I think all goalies are weird. Uh, but I think we can both agree on that. Playing hockey growing up, we've been around some different different guys. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah um, you know, Winnipeg definitely in net. And I think Winnipeg, depth of their team up front, you know, their top nine forwards are pretty strong um, if you look at their – when you look at their third line with Cop, Lowry, Mason Appleton, then you got likes of Connors, uh, Connor, Nick Ehlers, uh, Dubois, Shifley, Wheeler. I mean, they they got a strong top nine. Edmonton, it's a bit weaker because the, especially when you got McDavid, Drysaddle together, it it weakens a line dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And and one team I guess we we haven't touched on is the Canucks, and you know I'm not. I haven't watched a lot of them this year, but what's been your take on, on, on the Canucks, I guess, just to, just to wrap up the Canadian division. Yeah. Uh, the Canucks, um, <laughs> they, other than Ottawa, I think they're in the most trouble of this division. Cause I think they're going to be a team struggling for years to come. Um, I like Demko and net. I think that's, I think he's their answer long-term letting Markstrom go. Braden Holpe's really been a mess for them. Uh, he's hasn't provided good goaltending, hasn't really even been a, a good backup. If I'm being completely honest, they got really bad contracts in Brandon Sutter, Louis Erickson, Sven Berchi, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel. I mean, Jake Vertanen, my he, oh, Jake Vertanen. Um, so I look, you know, guys with still a term on their contracts, and then 
They got to sign Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, which only makes their cap situation tougher. And I, they're just a team that, you know, their bottom of their lineups never going to provide any scoring. Pedersen's having a tough year. Uh, you know, the likes of Travis Hamanick on the back end has not been a good fit. They let Tanev walk, which was a huge mistake to let him go to Calgary. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think they're in big trouble. Um, obviously, they got a couple wins this week. But, you know, they played more games than anybody in the NHL. So I, I don't see them being in the mix with the, you know, the Winnipegs and the Edmontons and the Montreals to make the playoffs. I, I think they'll fall off here uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would agree with that. And yeah, I noticed that too in the schedule. They played 30, they played 30 games, I think so far. So they're mm-hmm. a little bit different, a little bit more than some other teams. So that's, that's interesting. And um, I guess one positive note, Quinn Hughes has been having a pretty good season for them. So that's, uh, that's okay. But yeah, I would agree. The rest of the roster is not, not forming up quite like I expected at least. Yeah. I mean, they get a good run in the bubble, but you know, they weren't a yeah. very good team last year. And I think the bubble for a lot of teams has kind of been an anomaly um, for you, you kind of show your true colors when you have a longer period of time, you can get, you can get hot for a while, good goaltending, but if you're, if you're a good team, you'll show it over a period of time. And if you're not, you know, your weaknesses rise to the surface. Um, so going through all the teams, let's kind of do a power rankings. You can, you can start it off from seven to one right now through, through, uh, almost 30 games for every team who, you can go seven, I guess we, we can do, we can go back and forth. Uh, we can go seven to one. We kind of compare our lists and uh, have some fun doing that. Okay. Yeah. I think seven, we probably both agree. It's going to be the sense. Um, yeah. Just because yeah. I don't think they have, like, they don't not, we're at the point of the season now where I don't think they have what it takes to turn it around and just watching them. They don't have it. So um, yeah, I'm going to put them at number seven. Uh, would you, you agree with that or? Yeah, they're they just don't have as much talent as the other teams, um, and what they're they're growing. I, I like I'm like their development is, is interesting and fun to watch. But yeah, they're they're just skill skill wise, uh, leadership wise, they're just not they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean DJ Smith's been doing a doing an okay job there with what he good had. Good coach, yeah, really good coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where where did he come from? Do you know? He was the head coach of the Oshawa Generals, so he coached there, won a Memorial Cup, um, and then he was the assistant coach in Toronto under Mike Babcock for three and a half years. Okay. Okay, so, so he's, got, he's got, got a pretty good resume. Yeah, like he coached Connor Brown, who's now on, you know, Toronto, Zaitsev, so he, he brought some of his old uh, old guys with him to, uh, to the nation's capital. Okay. Yeah, well, that's good news then. Uh, number six, we were talking about it earlier and it's hard to say either Calgary or Vancouver, but I'm going to have to say Vancouver on this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely Vancouver for me. Um, they, they just, they don't, I mean, you got Jake for Tannen on your team. I got to put you six. Um, but no, uh, they, they're really inconsistent. They um, goaltending's been sloppy defensive cores in flux. Uh, they, a lot of guys that performed really well last year, like JT Miller, who they acquired from New York, people were yelling bloody murder because it looked like a terrible trade. He turned out to have a great season. He's kind of reverted back to his old norm um, this year. And, you know, his body language hasn't been good either. So uh, yeah, Vancouver, I'm with you is six, six for me. 
Okay, yeah, some telltale signs of a of a struggling team, maybe. Um, I think number five, you know, looking at the standings and just thinking about it as a whole, I think Calgary just because of their lack of depth. And uh, but you know, there there's some there's some things to look forward to with Daryl Sutter, and maybe maybe he's going to be, uh, maybe he'll change the norm in, in Calgary, and maybe he'll 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 spice it up a little bit. But for now, I'm going to have to pin them at number five. Yeah, I also have them at number five. Um, I, I I agree with you that it's subject to change. Um, it, they, Daryl Sutter, I like the way they played last night. Again, they play Montreal again Saturday. So I'll have to see a bigger sample size with Daryl Sutter. But to this point with Jeff Ward as head coach, the team has not been consistent. They haven't played really good hockey. Uh, Markstrom's been injured, but when he has been in there, he hasn't played fantastic. Their decor has been really overworked um, and they got to hope that Goudreau and Monaghan can kind of find a spark with a new head coach or, you know, Brad tree living could be looking for a uh, new employment uh, after this season. <laughs> so coming into uh, number four, number the playoff team, number, number four. Yeah. Here's where, here's where things are going to heat up, get heating up. I think um, for four, I'm not to put the Habs. I think, um, three, two, and five in their in their last ten. So it's nothing nothing to be proud of. They're they're definitely struggling. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'd set them at. And you know, I think they I think as the as the season progresses, they're still going to be a playoff contender. But um, and you know, the Edmondson and and Petrie pairing, they've been really good this season for them. And mm-hmm. um, I think Edmondson's got one of the best plus minuses in the league. So that's that's something yeah. positive. But um, yeah, that's kind of. Kind of how I see it. Yeah, I'll go with Edmonton just to be different. Um, and sure. yeah, I Montreal does not have an elite score. Uh, that you know that worries me. Kakaniemi with Suzuki up the middle. Uh, they got a young center ice position. Dano finally scored the other night, so that was nice to see. It's been one goal in his last fifty-seven games. But they, um, you know, losing Sherratt the other night. Uh, you know, for, for Montreal worried me, but I, I have them three above Edmonton because I like Montreal's decor better. I like their goaltending situation better. And other than McDavid and Dreisaitl, there's no real forward that scares me from, from Edmonton. Pooley Arby's look like a good player coming over from Finland this year. He's, he looks like what they drafted. Um, good power forward. You know, Nugent Hopkins can still give you a spark, but you know, Chase Ons, the Shores, the Jujar Karas. I just think Montreal's depth with the likes of, you know, Byron, uh, J- uh, Evans at the bottom of their lineup, uh, Corey Perry. I like the just the bulk of their lineup a little bit more than I like Edmonton's. Yeah, that's a good point. And I can agree with that. And, you know, we might see that as the season progresses, as, a, as, a, as we get closer to the playoffs. I think that maybe Edmonton will fall and maybe – you know, can McDavid and Drysdale keep it up? Can they hold the fucking team on their back pretty much? Mm. You know, are they going to be able to do it? It's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting these next few weeks, I think. Yeah, no, the, those two teams will definitely be close. And when they play each other, it'll be pivotal for teams to win in regulation uh, and see what happens. But you know, it, they're, they're close. I, I think what the, the top two for me separate themselves better than, then when uh, Winnipeg and Toronto, I think, have separated themselves currently above Edmonton and um, 
in Montreal, even though Edmonton and Winnipeg are even in points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, so number three, I'm going to have to say... Um, Montreal I'm going to say Winnipeg on this. Oh, you got number Winnipeg. Mm. Yeah, we got Winnipeg at number three. So that's what that's what I'm going to say. Just because, um, yeah, I'm going to say I think Edmonton's going to... I think and I'll just go to my second one. I think Edmonton, because of McDavid, they're going to... Because of McDavid and Grice, they're going to pull through and they're going to finish number two. That's just my guess. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe just to, for a little bit of a different different take on it, I'm going to take uh, Winnipeg three and Edmonton two. Yeah. Um, yeah, we both have Toronto at one. Um, I think definitely you're more bullish on Toronto at one than me, um, which, which is good. Uh, it's good. Somebody in this podcast should. You know, it's good for viewership that somebody is because otherwise I hear about it. Um but yeah, I got Winnipeg too, but you know, I think I said this this morning, I think Tron and Winnipeg are really similar in the way they're built. Um, I think Winnipeg's got more playoff performers, like playoff, playoff build team with the likes of, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Adam Lowry. I think Shifley's a playoff guy when it comes to playing that, that style of play that, that takes the win, you know, being able to play heavy hockey. Um, that's what wins in the, in the playoffs. And I think Winnipeg has the roster for that. Um, but when it comes to elite talent, um, Toronto, Winnipeg, both have it. So that's checks on both. Um, I think we both agree that we like Hellebuck more than we like Frederick Anderson, but Frederick Anderson's not, not a bad goaltender by any means. So Toronto has a stable starter there and, you know, they're, they're similar because of decor decors on both teams are good. Not great. Um, I think they both need to look at free agency and try to um, improve their defensive core um, by the deadline. Maybe look at David Savard in Columbus. He's an interesting piece being a UFA. So that might be a bidding war for him. Um, Maybe Nick Foligno to Toronto. I read that rumor this week. So, but uh, I think both teams are are quite similar in in how they, how they're built and how they play. Yeah. And then another thing on that would be the depth for both teams. Like you mentioned, and I think that'll be, that'll be key. In the, in the playoffs, um, I think if we could see the Leafs, Leafs Jets in a, in a in a semifinal, it would be really exciting, and that might be one of the best matchups we get, um, just from how the season looks so far. So, I'm excited for that, and, and you know that would be my that would be my ideal matchup um, for the North Division to see it see it go out. Agreed. Um, I think that would be the best series. Uh, the one I do not want more than anything is Toronto Edmonton. I do not want that. That'll get probably get record ratings for Sportsnet. I don't care. I, I care about my personal viewing experience. And if I have to watch a game with no sound, and because I don't listen with the sound on, and with no hits, oh, it's going to be painful, Brownie. I'm going to be watching the Central, a lot of the West Division. People get angry again, but I don't know. Um, but um, what about a Toronto-Montreal play- matchup? Would that, would that excite you? I know you're not – you're not a Toronto, you're not a Toronto fan, but like that wasn't the team you grew up loving, was it? No, no, no. I, uh, I grew up as a Penns fan just because of Crosby and I was one of those kids, you know, like a big fan boy, but, uh, I'm a Toronto supporter. If you know what I mean? I, uh, I know they're, I know they're Candace team. I know everyone loves them. So a lot of my buddies, you know, are are Mm -hmm. Leafs fans. So I I support them. And and when they're, when, when they're playing, you know, I, 
I, uh, I'm cheering for them. I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they do good, but, uh, a Toronto, a Toronto Montreal, I think it would be, it would be, it would be exciting. It would definitely be a good game to watch. It'd be a good playoff matchup, but like you said, and, and like I said, these, these, these rivalries aren't materializing the way that everyone expected. They're not really what they are. They're not fiery yet. Um, so unless we get that, you know, really, really intense, you know, heated Montreal Toronto rivalry going for the playoffs, like I'm, I'm, I'm not really for it. Yeah. Hopefully we can get some, like a late hit or something, maybe in one of the matchups at the end of the year, uh, bring some hatred, but that's the thing about Toronto. Um, they don't have a lot of guys that bring that, you know, uh, Montreal's got more of a team that, that has to play that way because they don't have a lot of skill. They got, mm-hmm. you know, my guy, Josh Anderson, who I, I love, um, who's the unit, one of the unicorns. Um, but yeah, I think for, for fans of both teams, that would be a, a series that might give a lot of, you know, our friends. And I'm thinking of people here in my hometown of Rexton, a heart attack because, uh, Toronto losing to Montreal, Montreal losing to Toronto. Some people are not going to be able to go to work for a couple of weeks. You know, it's going to be that yeah. personal and they haven't we'll played never in, it. in a very long time. So that, that would be interesting. But um, I think, I think some people would sign up for that matchup for, for sure. But yeah, I agree with you. The product might be, might not be the greatest uh, playoff matchup. Yeah. For entertainment value, I think that uh, the entire East coast of Canada, maybe uh, Canada as a whole would be, would be going crazy for that. Yeah. So we've gone through the power rankings of each division. Um, and, you know, I, I told Brownie for the podcast, let's do our top three defensemen in the Canadian division so far this season. I, I have no idea who's on his list. He doesn't know who's on mine. We'll go back and forth from three to one. Um, but, um, yeah, who – so this just for everybody to say it again, top three defensemen on their play this year. So this is not about – you know who they were 10 years ago. This is about their play this season, just so to keep that clear to all our listeners. So um, take it away, Brown. Who's number three for you this year? Yeah, that's good to note. I think, yeah, personally, the North Division defensive play hasn't been great so far, and I know we've talked about this before, but um, number three, I'm going with Tyson Berry mm. for, my, for, my, for my third pick for the Oilers. Um, I think he's done a complete 180. Maybe not a complete 180, but definitely he's made a change since his last season with the Leafs. Um, you know, he's helping them battle for, 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 a, for a top position um, in the north. And he's leading defensemen in shots on goal. So, you know, he's getting the puck to the net. He, he's being offensive. And, uh, you know, he's been playing well as of, as of late. So I'm, I'm taking Barry for number three. No, I like that pick. I, I didn't have him on, but he's definitely a guy who's impressed me. Um, being on the power play didn't really work for him here in Toronto for whatever reason. Um, you know, he had a great career prior to Toronto. He seems to be liking his life at Edmonton, took a one-year deal, took a flyer to go there. Um, but, you know, great power play player. Even his five-on-five plays really improved. Um, and, you know, Edmonton's winning games for a reason. I think he's a big part of it. So, a good I, – I like the Barry pick. Mm-hmm. For me, I went with uh, Neil Pionk of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, this guy, he's a, not a household name. He was traded um, – he was involved in the Jacob Truba trade uh, from the Rangers to the Jets – He's kind of a throw in, um, you know, this little spark plug, he's a good little player. Uh, he's got some bite to his game. Good shot. Really smart player. Get the puck out of the zone efficiently. 
He can play 22, 23 minutes a night. And, you know, he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of notoriety, even with playing in the Canadian division, but he's a player to watch. Whereas uh, number four for the Jets and between him and Morrissey, I think both of them have had their best seasons in, in a while, especially Morrissey's kind of had a couple of years uh, in, the, in the downturn. But Pionk has taken kind of some of that pressure off Morrissey. He's able to play more freely. And, you know, night in, night out, Pionk is, is the horse on the back end for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, that's a good pick. And I, I, I've been looking at him when I was, you know, developing my list. And when I'm, uh, when I'm watching the, the Jets, at least I, I notice his, his weird name, you know, Pionk. He mm-hmm. stands out. It's a, it's a cool name. But, yeah, he's been playing great. And, you know, he's developing into a, a great player for the Jets. And, you know, he'll be, he'll be a solid defenseman to have for them, you know, come into these, these uh, more serious, I guess, matchups when we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, exactly. I think you, you'll be playing more and more as the season goes along. And hopefully you know, for Winnipeg, they can add to their decor because they need another guy. Um, mm-hmm. How about number two for you? Number two might be another hot take. We'll, we'll see what you say about this one, but I'm going with Thomas Shabbat. He's, wow. uh, he's, uh, he's really unfolding as a, as a, as one of the best defensemen in the league, uh, I would argue, you know, he, he's really solid. If you watch him, like, I know it's hard to maybe play with the sense, but um, I think for the most part, he's been playing really, really well. Um, he's got a big role on the sense first line. He's, he's kind of leading their defensive, um, their defensive core, um, you know, and he, he's leading, he's leading the league in ice time with other big names, you know, like, uh, like Dowdy and, you know, he, he's, he's up there, you know, Um He's got a, po- a positive plus and minus with the Sens, so that's that's a that's a good that's thing. Impressive, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, 19 points in 26 games, so I mean he's uh, he's fun to watch. Hopefully he stays with the Sens um, for at least a couple a couple more years, and, and I'm I'm enjoying watching him. And, and he's a he's a good defenseman. No, I I I agree. I I don't have him on my list, but I think for for a team that as bad as they've been, he's had a really good season. Um, I think he's getting up there in that top 10, you know, defenseman in the league range. He's definitely on the short list to make the Canadian Olympic team next year uh, on their back end. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a horse, re- really, really solid player, plays a ton of minutes, like you said. Um, I, I'd be right below the list for me. You got like Hedman, Seth Jones. Uh, I think he's right there with Doughty now when it comes to, you know, elite defensemen, but I, I think he's been fantastic too. So I, I like the pick. Um, number two for me, I went with uh, the team that you had at number three. I didn't pick Barry, but I picked Darnell Nurse. Um, he he's he's evolving and he's turning into a number one defenseman uh, for the for the Edmonton Oilers. He's he's got the makeup. He's got the game. Um, he's got that bite to his game. He fought Lucic the other night. Uh, I give him a ton of credit for that. He's been putting up goals. You know they're forwards when they're not scoring we've seen nurse chip in um he he's not afraid to join the rush anymore i think he needed some time to figure out what he was as a player but he's stepped up he's not a fifth six guy anymore he's not just a tough defenseman that blocks shots this guy's played with a ton of confidence i think he's on the short list for the norris trophy the season ended today wouldn't shock me if he was nominated for the award um but nurse has taken the role of oscar clefbaum he's had a shoulder surgery he's done for the year and he's really taken that number one defenseman role and ran with it for the, for the Oilers. Yeah, I would agree. You know, he, he, he's definitely been uh, solid for them. And uh, I, I'm almost surprised with, with how he's playing. 
um, he, he kind of plays as a veteran and he's only 26 years old. So it's, uh, it's good to see someone like that. You know, he, he's stepping up as a, as an important role for the Oilers. So this brings us to number one. I wouldn't shock me if we had the same guy, but, uh, who do you have at number one? Yeah. Um, this guy, he's, uh, he's really proved himself this year. I got him on my fantasy. So um, I've been watching him pretty close. Um, you know, I said earlier, I think Montreal might have the best deep pairing in the NHL, arguably. Um, definitely in the North, at least, with Peter and Edmondson. Um, I think they got the best plus minus in the league right now, so they're, they're definitely hot. Um, but, yeah, that being said, number one on my top list is going to Jeff Petrie. Um, yeah, almost a point-per-game player. He's shooting the puck a lot, uh, helping Price and Allen in, in the D zone, you know, helping them. And uh, he's playing against tough offenses, tough offenses 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 day in and day out so you know that's that's something to be uh proud of yeah i also have uh jeff petrie um you know he got his 10th goal of the season last night he's really replaced shea weber for me as the montreal Canadiens' best defenseman um he plays in big situations you met you mentioned he plays with joel edmondson they're both top four and plus minus he's on the power play he plays in, in big roles for the team they, they don't have a lot of forwards that provide a lot of offense. Petrie's done that this year. He stepped up when they need him. And, yeah, I, I think an, another guy, if he continues to have the season he's having and Montreal can you know, turn it around, jump up the standings, who knows? He could be a Norris Trophy favorite. I think Victor Hedman probably wins the award right now. But there haven't been a lot of defensemen to really break out. You know, Seth Jones and Columbus has had a tough season. Um, so, it's kind of wide open for, for somebody to uh, take that award and it could very well be Jeff Petrie. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, you know, like you said about, about Weber, he is, he is kind of uh, outrunning Weber as, as the best defenseman for Montreal, at least for this season. And I feel like in the past Montreal maybe has relied on Weber, you know, to put up some points and I don't know if he really has that, that jazz in his game to, to be, uh, uh, he's getting older. So I don't know if he has it in them to keep putting up uh solid points each and every season. So that P, the fact that Petrie's, you know, stepping up into that role is, is good for the Habs. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. Weber, Weber has his limitations. He's always been a slower player, but as he's gotten older injuries, you can't ask him to do what, what he did before. And I think Petrie, they've noticed that he's adjusted and Petrie's handled it uh, to this point. Well, so, so good on him. Um, that, that really ran us through the Canadian division. We gave a th- real thorough, uh, update on it and where, where we see it and what, what's transpired so far. I know you mentioned before we got went live, you uh, wanted to fire off some questions to me about trades or potential movement. So um, I'll let you do that as we uh, uh, wrap down the, the podcast here. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, Juggy's a, Juggy's an expert when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to hockey, I've, I've, I've tried to get him to give me some, uh, some betting tips and he tries to stay away from that, which I respect, but uh yeah, he's the guy I'm going to if I got an NHL question. So as the the trade trade deadline's approaching, I thought I'd maybe just fire off some names to him and maybe some teams, and uh, see what he's got to got to say. I guess before I dive into spitting out some names, um, you know, Canadian teams are at a disadvantage when it comes to trading. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the NHL this season, we've watched players like you know Dubois, Dingbell, and uh, get traded to Canadian teams and then disappear for two weeks. Yeah. Um, can you see the NHL doing something about this? Um, you know, within now that we're about one month of the trade deadline. Yeah. So actually there was an update yesterday where um, teams are 
talking to the federal government and, and provincial governments. Cause I, I know some provincial governments want to differ from the federal um, and um, have their own rules, you know, say at, at, in Alberta could be different than here in New Brunswick, if they're or Ontario for, for teams. But to this point, there's been no shift. Um, teams have wanted it to be uh, maybe you pass three, four tests, if you pass three, four tests, you're, you're good to go kind of thing. And it, it could be a rapid test too. So it could be, you know, a shorter time period, but to this, as of right now, nothing's changed yet, but I know it's something that the NHL really wants to, to get going because it does, that'll help their product, obviously with the trade deadline. Um, if, if there's no change, the trade deadline could be a lot slower because Canadian teams, a lot of them are going to be buyers. And like you said, with the 14 days, I, I suspect if the teams are going to make moves, it's going to be next week, the week after more than, um, you know, April 12th, you know, April 9th to 12th, which is when the trade deadline is. And then you have to sit out two weeks, the season's over two weeks later. That's not a long, long time to be integrated. And to, to acquire a rental player, you have them for two weeks and then you don't make the playoffs, you lose them. I mean, that's, that's tough, but I know it's something that the NHL and the, the governments have been kind of working together to, to fix. Yeah. I mean, I think the federal government's got to step in and say, you know, there's, there's money to be made in the NHL. Of course, 14 days is ridiculous. I think the, the CDC only recommends 10 days, you know, and even Quebec has only made the 10 day quarantine requirement. So mm-hmm. the 14 days is, is just getting ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess the the number one team and I guess roster and then some names that I, I I'm concerned with coming into the trade deadline and definitely I think a team that needs needs some serious help is the Buffalo Sabers. Mm. Um, some some names like Hall, Eichel, Stahl have been thrown out there. I just want to know what your take maybe is on the team as a whole coming into the trade deadline and, and those players, I guess. Sure, I'll start with um, Eric Stahl. Um, you know, Eric Stahl's got 13 points on the year, not having a great year, but he's 37. He's on the back nine of his career. Um, a couple landing spots for him. Edmonton, potentially. Uh, I think they, they're interested in him as a third line uh, right winger, maybe play him at center, depending on, on what he can give you at this point in his career. Um, but he'd be an upgrade over you know, some, you know, Gaetan Haas and a couple other guys that they have there. So I think, they'd be interested. Maybe they'd even play him with McDavid, which wouldn't shock me uh, that they'd want to try him. Uh, Maroon's had success with him. Lucic had success for a little bit with McDavid. So potentially a fit there. Also stall maybe could go to Carolina, maybe a reunion uh, where he won his cup in 06. They're second in the league in points right now behind Toronto, only trailing them by a point. So they look like they're going to be a playoff team. They'll want to, uh, try to fight with Tampa and, and give their best effort to come out of that central. So he could be a bottom six for, for them play that Justin Williams role that he did last season. Taylor hall. Um, yeah, I one year, 8 million, they signed him to uh, it's been a disaster year for Buffalo. I believe they've lost nine in a row now. Um, Jack Eichel's hurt. We don't really know this his status from Buffalo if they do take trade Taylor Hall Brownie, I don't know they're going to get a big haul for him because he's going to be a rental. Mm-hmm. Hasn't had a great year. His confidence clearly is not what it used to be. So could a team use him? Of course. I, I think the Edmonton rumors will always be there because, you know, that's where it started for him. 
but I, I look at potentially, if you look out West, maybe uh, Colorado, I think a team, that's a team that would like him. Um, and if the price tag isn't that high, maybe Colorado can make that work financially and uh, make a push for the playoffs. Okay, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I, I think that Buffalo is, is hurting. They they need something something to change there. Holy shit! And they've been struggling for a while now, and these big names aren't doing it for them. So, no. <laughs> yeah, something needs to happen. Uh, another name I've seen I've seen rumors. I don't know how um, how well this name can be verified and maybe get your input on it. But Ottawa Senators, Brady Brady to Chuck, could you see a trade happening this year, or if not, in the future? No, no. Nope. Uh, if, if, if the Ottawa Senators trade him, Eugene Melnick, like somebody shoot him. I, I, no, I, 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 no, I, I've never seen that rumor, but um, I, I would be, I would say this, I would be shocked if he was traded in this year or next year. I would be, I'd be completely stunned. That's, that's what I thought too. And yeah, I wanted to see if you had read anything on that or if you saw that article or I'd have to dig it up again, but yeah, I, I can't see that happening really either, but had to get your take on that. No, I, I hope for Ottawa's sake, they <laughs> don't read that article or they're not thinking that because he's, he's integral to their success uh, moving forward. So I hope it's not true. Yeah. Okay. Next, next thing on my list, he's, he's, I think he's hot on the, on the trade, uh, the, the trade bait list. Bobby Ryan, this is old <laughs> jersey that I have here. Um, but yeah, he's playing for Detroit. He's having an okay season. I don't know what his future holds, but um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, uh, he's one year, one million, so it's not going to be a big cap it for a team. I think he's an easy guy. You could probably get him for a fourth, fourth, fifth round pick right now in a trade. So I think a lot of teams would be interested. Um, maybe not in Canada, maybe Calgary, maybe, maybe Calgary, um, we would take a flyer on them, but, um, thinking, thinking in, in, um, in like Tampa Bay, you know, one year, 1 million, they could maybe they he could be a healthy scratch for them and just come in and play. Uh, Florida is another team. I think he wouldn't, like I said, he wouldn't take a lot to acquire them. They could play him in the bottom of their lineup. He's a, he could plug and play easily there. Uh, or even, you know, Vegas is going to be a tough team to make moves because they're so salary cap strapped. But with that price tag, it's easily it's easy to move in that money and it doesn't hurt you. So I think those are a couple of teams that could maybe take a flyer on Bobby Ryan for, for the playoffs. Okay, yeah. And yeah, he, he's, a, he's a veteran, you know, and he, he's got experience and you never know if a team takes a risk on him, it could, it could pay out. And Absolutely, yeah. Uh, could be, could be a low risk high reward situation. So yeah, um, so yeah. Last on my list is going to be Nick Foligno. Wanted to hear what your thoughts were on, on him. I know you mentioned him earlier in the pod. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Nick Foligno is a really interesting name. Obviously, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent um, in Columbus. He this could be a situation where if Columbus continues to tail off, they'll say Nick, okay, we're going to trade you to a contender. Go try to win a cup. And when the season's over, we got a three-year deal at $3 million per waiting for you. I think that's a smart move by the team. I think he'd want to go back. I think he really likes it there. He's obviously the captain. Um, a team that jumps out is Toronto. Um, I think he could play 
on you can move Hyman up to that top line to play with Matthews Marner. You get Kerfoot to play with Tavares and Nylander. And then the third line, you get Engvall, uh, Mikheyev, and Foligno. Uh, you know, Foligno back to his right wing where he's supposed to play, not center, where he's playing in Columbus right now. And I think that would be a great third line for the playoffs. You look at the Blake Coleman's, the Barkley Goodrows that, um, that, uh, that Tampa got last year. I think Foligno fits that mold. He's not going to score 10 goals in the playoffs. He'll eat minutes um, for Toronto. Probably going to cost them a first-round pick. Uh, it might sound crazy to some people, but this is what it takes at the deadline to get these players. And might be first-round pick plus. You know, Barkley Goodrow is not a household name. It took a first-round pick to get him out of San Jose. It took a first-round pick to get Blake Coleman. So, you know, I think the Leafs should be willing to part with a first-round pick because – if you really want to win the cup, you go all in, you trade your, your picks, your picks mean nothing. Uh, if you win it, who gives a shit? So, yeah. but I think Toronto makes the most sense. And I, for me, I, for him, I think he'd want to go to Toronto because that's his dad played there. Um, you know, his brother plays in Minnesota. They, they have a tough cap system. I don't see them going very far in the playoffs. So probably not there. Uh Maybe St. Louis, uh, another team for me. Maybe you got a core group of guys there with O'Reilly and Perron. I think he'd fit into that mold really well. But uh, I think Toronto would be the overwhelming favorite to acquire Nick Foligno. Okay, yeah, that would be uh, that'd be something to see. You know, if, if Toronto was going to make the push, maybe that's a piece they need um, within these next few years to uh, to win the cup. You know, who knows? But no, I appreciate you you giving that input on on the on the trades and. No, I know. I love the questions. I, I love the trade deadlines and free agencies is, are some of my favorite times of the year. You know, I love watching the games, but seeing these players move and, you know, built constructing different teams and how they're going to look in the playoffs is, is so much fun for me to dissect and look into. So uh, I, I love doing it as well. So, but you know, Brownie, uh, I know it's been a, you're out tomorrow. You're free man. You know, got to look out uh, cause you're back, but I appreciate you taking the time uh, today to jump on. We'll have to have you back, but it was a lot of fun, but just thank you for your time. And as always for uh, supporting me, I appreciate it. No, no, thank you, Juggin. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I love going, I love doing stuff like this, anything new. And this was a first, first podcast for me that I've been on. So new experience. And, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I appreciate, appreciate you bringing me on. No, absolutely. Um, Everybody, uh, this will be out uh, Saturday morning. Uh, We're filming it here on Friday, but enjoy it. Uh, Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weather while it's good for now. Uh, But until we're back on here, for Aaron Brown, I'm Noel Warren. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care and stay safe.